For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Come on, Uncle Jim, the party start. Hear that music? From South Bend, Indiana, that's in America. It's sports yet. This is Jimmy Shorts. Thank you, Studio DNA Podcast Network. And here's your host, Corey Mann, an Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer, Chuck Freebie. That's good. Now turn it off. And as always, welcome to episode 115 of Sports Yak. Episode 115. It's the Greg Steffen episode. Greg Steffen. The former Red Wings goalie who won 115 games in his Red Wing career. The problem for Greg is he lost 127. Oopsies. <laughs> Bit of a sieve back in the 80s. As we continue to try to connect with the Sports Yak listener, the follower, the subscriber, we have a new phone line, the Sports Yak hotline at 574-210-7950. Are you ready for our very first phone call? Is the caller there? Yeah, hey, uh, big fan. And, uh, yeah, I want to hear some uh, Mike Ray talks. Notre Dame basketball. Mike Ray. My, uh, Mike Ray, man. Notre Dame basketball, man. Yeah, it's going to be a great season, great season. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy uh, you and Chuck, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great Notre basketball season. Mike Bray, all right, we'll see you later. Obviously a giant Mike Bray fan, which leads me to this. It was on this day in pop culture history that the first X-Men movie opened up. I know that <laughs> because I was going to see it with pre-Father Andy, but not before we went to the Mike Bray uh, press conference as he was announced the new head coach. He succeeded Matt Doherty. Remember, uh, post-John McLeod, uh, Nerding went out and hired Matt Doherty. Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Yes. And he was here for a year and uh, was fairly popular in his year, had a very good year with Notre Dame that season. He was good to us at the radio station. And... His dream job popped open. Mm -hmm. He had a chance to go back to his alma mater and coach North Carolina, and so he did. And Notre Dame kind of felt a little jilted and standing at the altar, but I think think most people kind of understood that, hey, I wasn't expecting this. It popped open. I applied. I got it. I got to go. And wasn't it also like Jordan gave him a phone call and said, "Hey, right, come on, you're you're one of the guys, you know." So Matt Doherty leaves, and the position opens up, and Notre Dame goes on a search in the middle of the summer, and they come up with a guy out of the University of Delaware by the name of Mike Bray, who nobody here knew, and uh, they hold the press conference. In the Joyce Center. I remember it. And uh, and I'd say that day Mike Bray won the press conference, came in, you know, said all the right things and everything. And 
He's been a remarkably good fit for this university for the last 19 years. Now, he's had his ups and downs, and there are there are some who question his recruiting, and I think that's been open to question. 14 and 19 last year. He's had a couple of these kinds of seasons in the last five years. He's also had a couple of Elite Eight seasons. Uh, he also has not had a whole lot of support from the administration. Now, they finally have this new practice building. Mm-hmm. They finally have something sparkly to show to recruits. Because let's face it, when Mike Bray got here, they were still putting duct tape over the seats at the Joyce Center try to make it look good. So they've refurbished the Joyce Center. They've finally given him a practice arena other than the pit. And uh, we'll see if this this helps, and we'll see how long Mike Bray decides to stick around. Mike Bray report card. What do you give him? Well, for last year... I I would give him a C or a D. Uh, That was a very poor basketball team, 14-19. Granted, the injury to Rex Fluger hurt immensely. T.J. Gibbs was a tremendous disappointment last year. Uh, The only thing that saved that team last year was the play of John Mooney. Mooney. Uh, Despite that, uh, Bray, the eternal optimist, remains optimistic about this season. We shall see. They came out with the non-conference schedule earlier this week. It doesn't have a lot of name teams on it, but it has a lot of teams who played well last year. Mike Bray's hope is that his team getting a year older and some huge turnover in the ACC with a lot of really good players moving on will allow the Irish to enjoy a much better campaign here in 2019-2020. You ever spend any time with him, extended time? Not extended time, no. Okay. I mean, we've talked to each other. Uh, he's He's been a guest on the football pregame show before when we talked to him about that, but I've never spent a whole lot of time with Mike. I know other guys who have, and they say he comes across as very genuine. Okay. Speaking of basketball, let's jump into the NBA. Well, big deal last night has Russell Westbrook the eight-time All-Star going from Oklahoma City to Houston for Chris Paul, and there are draft picks being swapped here. Uh, Houston is sending four number one picks. Oklahoma City is sending two of theirs. In a couple of years, Oklahoma City and Houston are just swapping draft position with the thought being that uh, Oklahoma City will be down in the draft, so they will need more picks. In fact, Oklahoma City, man, I've Corey, I've never seen an NBA team put together this kind of long-term view. They now have 15 first-round draft picks over the next seven years. So they've got some stuff stockpiled to do some wheeling and dealing. Uh, what Houston gets out of this deal is they get a younger point guard in Westbrook. He's four years younger than Chris Paul. They get out from under Chris Paul's contract. As as big as Russell Westbrook's contract is, it's still $6 million cheaper than Chris Paul's contract per year. It reunites Westbrook and Harden, who were teammates in Oklahoma City. And the question everybody has now, though, as they watch the Houston Rockets, you've got James Harden, who has been a frequent triple-double guy. Mm-hmm. You have Russell Westbrook, who is a frequent triple-double guy. 
Well, it's kind of tough to get your triple-doubles because there's only one basketball. And there's two guys who want it in their hands an awful lot. So the question will be, who's going to get it? And if you're one of the other three starters in the Houston Rockets lineup, will you ever see the basketball? You said 15 first-round draft picks in seven years? Over the next seven years, they have 15 first-round draft picks stocked up. What does that tell you about ownership management in Oklahoma? Well, it tells me that they're they're looking to the future. They realize they don't have a lot right now. Mm-hmm. They've jettisoned Paul George. They've jettisoned Russell Westbrook. So, okay. Spurs? Well, the Spurs went out. The Spurs were trying to deal with Marcus Morris. They had offered him two years, $20 million. And Marcus Morris got a one. He was all set to sign. And at the last minute, the Knicks called in with a one-year, $15 million deal. Well, you can do the math and realize he's making $5 million a year more with the Knicks. So Marcus Morris wants to jump on the Knicks offer and reneges on a verbal commitment to San Antonio. San Antonio gave him a couple of days to try to come to terms with them. He didn't. So they said, we're moving on. We're going and get Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is kind of a a project player a little bit. There are a lot of NBA people that think Trey Lyles has a very big upside and a bigger one than Marcus Morris. Um, to me, Marcus Morris isn't worth $15 million a year. It's, it's another move by the Knicks that is just going to be doomed because they are the New York Knicks, and that's what they do is bad moves. You can now call Sports Yak, 574-210-7950. Leave a comment, a question where you're listening at. Baseball resumes today. Did you get to see any of uh, Bryant hitting balls into the Chicago River? No, I didn't see that yesterday. How'd that look? I loved it last year. and I, You don't really know the schedule, but they announced it on Twitter. Hey, at 11.45, he's going to be down here. I think it's kind of fun watching the guys in their canoes and kayaks out there in the river trying to... That's very much like San Francisco's ballpark where yeah. they sit out in McCovey Cove and wait for home run balls to come out. Yeah, Red Bull promotion. So... Pirates at Wrigley. Ooh, the last time we played the Pirates. My goodness. Yeah, the Cubs, though, start the second half in first place in the National League Central. We ran a poll at 46 Sports. If you're not a 46 Sports follower, man, I suggest you get out there and follow us because there's all kinds of good stuff that we try to put out during the day. We've become very social media friendly here at TV 46 and we try to give you a lot of stuff, breaking news throughout the day sometimes, too. Um, but the Cubs begin with a half-game lead, and the poll that we asked was, where do you expect the Cubs to finish as the season ends? And 45% of our followers still expect the Cubs to finish in first place. Hmm. There's three weeks before the trading deadline. Trading deadline is July 31st. And I think there's no question that Theo Epstein... The pressure right now is on Theo Epstein to deliver some move to get this ball club going. Now, he brought in Craig Kimbrell, the closer. And Kimbrell has been shaky in his first three or four outings with the Cubs. And they paid a lot of money to get Craig Kimbrell. But you've got a second base position right now that is up in the air. You're you're counting on a guy that played on the Italian national team 
and started the year at double A for the Cubs, Rebel Garcia, to kind of man that spot right now because, well, Ben Zobrist isn't walking through the door anytime soon, we don't believe. Addison Russell has been an abject disaster. Daniel Descalso can't hit his way out of a paper bag. And so you're hoping Rebel Garcia can nail down second base for you. And then the question is, who who's going to be your leadoff man? Who's going to be the spark of the offense? They have tried. They have tried Albert Almora Jr. Eh. They have tried Kyle Schwarber, who, while he's got terrific power, is not a leadoff man. They've tried Rizzo at leadoff. To me, remember the 2016 Cubs, it was Dexter Fowler, Joe Madden told him, you go, we go. The Cubs are an offense that is built needing a leadoff man who can be a spark. Whether that, remember, even back to Bob Dernier for the 84 Cubs. When the Cubs have been a good team, they have had a leadoff man that could give that team a spark and a bit of a rabbit. And maybe that's the move that Theo has to make. Theo admits he's been in a slump in terms of moves to help this team. Hmm. Hopefully he can find one here in the next three weeks. And so, in layman's terms, explain it to me like I'm five. The leadoff guy, kind of the guy that sets the whole pace for every first, time he's up. First batter of the game, bat. lineup flips over, he's there, and he can... He can generate. You want him to be the catalyst. Are, are we talking about a charismatic individual in the dugout as well? Well, like that our, would that would be nice, but it's not necessary. Okay. Sox are in Oakland. Detroit visits Kansas City. What's going on here locally with the South Bend Cubs? Well, they have a couple of fireworks games coming up. They have one tonight, one tomorrow. King County is in. Uh, South Bend Cubs still kind of getting going here in the second half but they're four behind bowling green in the midwest league eastern division and uh scuffling a little bit buddy bailey's team i think is 11 and 9 now in the second half which is okay but it's not great i'm sure that they're hoping that they can take advantage of some home field this week and propel themselves back into the midwest league race we talked about this off yak i jumped ahead a little too quickly though socks are seeing their best TV ratings in seven years. There's a lot to be excited about on the South Side. They have some exciting young talent. Uh, I think there's some questions as to what uh, will happen with the Sox at the trade deadline as well. You know, they've got a, a decent closer in Alex Colomb, who's uh, closed 20 of their 21 save chances. So. I would imagine a lot of teams will be coming to their general manager, Rick Hahn, looking to make a deal to to grab somebody like that because, let's face it, the Sox, I don't think, are really in the race. They're not in the wild card race. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not in the race in the American League Central. Uh, the question is, is Cologne one of those guys that you're going to build around in the future? You've got Jimenez. You've got Moncada. You've got... Uh, Tim Anderson, who would appear to be an untouchable right now. You've got Jose Abreu. Those seem to be your building blocks. But you got to have some pitching somewhere. Now, they did just bring up Dylan Cease, and a lot of people are, are focused on him and excited about him, prospect that came over to the White Sox in the Cubs deal when the Cubs obtained Jose Quintana. Um, I think you've got to watch that, but 
Uh, to me, other than Lucas Giolito, the White Sox pitching has been very disappointing this year. Reynaldo Lopez has been awful, and I'm curious to see what will happen with him in the second half as well. I've never asked you this question. Kind of curious. Is Chicago a Cubs town or a Sox town? It's unquestionably a Cubs town. Even when the Sox have had really good years of recent vintage, um, they've had problems filling that ballpark. Yeah. And the Cubs have no problems filling Wrigley Field, even in years where they were bad. Let's talk tennis. Wimbledon. Serena Williams remains a phenomenal athlete. She'll be going after her seventh Wimbledon title on Saturday, taking on Simona Halep. Serena is obviously the the women's tennis player of the 21st century. She'll be going for her 24th Grand Slam title at Wimbledon and her seventh Wimbledon title. Halep is a player who has been ranked number one probably about half of the last 12 months. She's a good player, but she's she does not move the needle. Serena is a player that, whether she's playing well or playing poorly, you watch her. Uh, there's there's a volatility there. I, I don't... I hesitate to use the word freakishness, but there is there's a speed and power to her game that is not something that you're used to seeing from the women's game. From the women's game, you're used to seeing players like, oh, go back in the day, Chris Everett, then come forward, uh, players like Tracy. It, it's more of a demure, I'm going to sit there, I'll be a shot maker, but it's not really based on power. Serena brings a power to the game that had not been there before. And it's interesting. If she wins this Wimbledon title on Saturday, it will be 17 years since her first Wimbledon title. I mean, that's a remarkable staying power. You wonder if Coco got some extended time with her behind the scenes of just Serena building into her and going, look, you're on the front end of quite the adventure. Well, not only that, but, you know, Serena can't go on forever. Right. And Here I, comes the air I think she would love to see somebody like Coco Goff come along and be the heir to the throne. Men's semifinals? Men's semifinals are today. The much-anticipated matchup is the second one of the day on center court where Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal renew their rivalry. Uh, really, it's the old guard that has carried men's tennis here through this Wimbledon because Novak Djokovic, and he's not exactly a spring chicken either. Right now, he is playing Roberto Bautista Agut from Spain. And as we tape this, Djokovic uh, won the first set. Agut has the lead in the second set. But everybody looking to see Nadal and Federer, and I'm just... Uh, I'm a little curious. I want to look up the ages of these two guys because I believe they're both in their mid to late 30s. And to think, again, like Serena, the the remarkable staying power that they've had over their careers. I mean, Federer, has, Federer is the grass court king. Typically, Nadal plays better on the clay court. So uh, Wimbledon has not always been the best place for Rafael Nadal, and yet here he is in the semifinals 
uh, taking on one of the greats of the game. And it, it should be an exciting day of tennis there. But Roger Federer, my gosh, he's going to be 38 this year. Mm-hmm. That used to be, you know, you were looking at the senior tour in tennis. It's, first of all, it's a testament to him of keeping himself in shape for all those years. Uh, secondly, it's, I think, a testament to how players can take care of themselves better now and, and new technologies and things like that. But he is looking for his ninth Wimbledon title, and much like Serena, his history goes back to 2003 when he won his first Wimbledon. If you decide to watch some television tonight on TV 46 here locally, it's a sports classic. Why did you choose what you chose for tonight? Well, first of all, it was a very entertaining game. Concord and Plymouth from 2008. I believe this might have been the sectional matchup. Uh, they had played a great game during the regular season. This one lived up to billing as well. What we like to do is we like to sprinkle in maybe five or six games from the most current season, okay. 2018, 2019, and then go back and get some old ones and I kind of like to go back almost as far as we can on the Classics roster. And so I think we started doing Classics in 2006 or 2007. So here's one from 2008. Hadn't seen in a while. I, I think it's one of those games that you can pop in, and most people aren't going to know how the game came out. And as they watch it, I think they'll be very entertained. It'll be a thriller to watch. Okay. There's a a baseball story that I want to talk about, and that is from the All-Star game. Justin Verlander spoke out about the baseballs. Juiced balls. And basically saying the same thing that we have been saying here on the Yak about the fact that the balls are obviously different. Major League Baseball knows they're different, you know, why something isn't being done about it. And it seems like Justin's the only player that's saying anything. Well, there might be a reason for that, Corey. Because Monday, Justin Verlander said this in his press conference before making his start at the All-Star game. Okay. Tuesday, as the players are arriving at the game, uh, he was summoned to the manager's office, which is uh, a little unusual when you're starting that day. But, you know, it's the all-star game. It's a little bit different. So Justin trots into the manager's office, and there sit the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, and his his right hand and left hand, Jim Leland and Joe Torre. And they basically chewed Justin Verlander up one side and down the other. Um, Now, they didn't necessarily say he was incorrect, but they don't want to hear about it. Hmm. And so Justin Verlander, when asked about his comments after the All-Star game. Actually, during as well. During the All-Star yeah. game. Toned down those comments quite a bit. Yes, he did. Now, Rob Manfred is not denying that the ball is different. What he is denying is that the ball is different based on the instructions of Major League Baseball. I am still trying to come to terms with the fact I don't think this was just done by accident. 
This isn't just done because whoever is sitting there making the baseballs in the factory down in Haiti decided on their own, oh, we're going to change the formula of how these were made. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering uh, how we get our hands on one just to see physically for ourselves. You know, do you go to the local Walmart and you buy a ball, but then you go no, to a game? No, because and... that's, that's not going to help you at all. You've right. got to get, you would have to have a Major League Baseball from a year or two ago and one from now. Now, one thing I keep hearing pitchers tell me is that there are more blisters for pitchers this year. And one of the reasons there are more blisters is because the seams are lower on the baseball. And that makes it tougher to grip, so you have to grip more tightly. Okay, so the seams are almost like tighter into the ball, so it's more of a flat surface? Yes. Interesting. Wow. Which would cause it to be more aerodynamic and therefore the ball flying. Hmm. But it's interesting that when you speak up, it's like it's almost like Wilford Brimley came in from the firm. It <laughs> just stands and looks, hey, we need to have a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Good reference. I got that one. What's going on this weekend? Pop culture wise well, do you want do you want to talk about this at all in the act for the maniacs? You're, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh my dad passed away on Wednesday morning, uh very suddenly. We were told we'd have you know, ballpark two weeks to a month, and his birthday's August third. It was going to be his eighty first birthday. August twenty third, my daughter's birthday and his anniversary with his wife. They would have had 55 years. So August was going to be a big month. And uh, dad got this particular kind of cancer in his lungs. Um, and it's a, it reminds me, the situation reminds me of you becoming more knowledgeable about what Mary was about to go through. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I don't know anything about cancer, but because my dad's going through it, I'm leaning in and going, I didn't know that cancer could come in a liquid form and it was like a popped balloon in his lungs that was spraying everywhere and they couldn't get ahead of it with chemo. And so some family decisions were made on Tuesday afternoon to to move him to hospice and uh, it was a great transition and Tri-County took him over there at 8 o'clock. He was uh, chatty Cathy with the nurses that night. He got up at about 5 a.m., Wednesday morning, uh, asking the nurse about uh, some drugs to help him with breathing that he had previously the day before that worked, and then somewhere between 5.30 and 7 a.m., he went to be with the Lord. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. I wanted to say some things to Dad that I have not had a chance to say, but my last words to him were, I love you, Dad. I'll see you tomorrow. There you go. Um as well as a couple other family members that were in the hospital that day before he got transferred. Great guy, firefighter in Elkhart for 22 years. While others run out, this guy runs in. Mm -hmm. uh, Heavily awarded. We're going to find out more about that at the uh, service this next week. You said you told me this morning, too, that he also had received some military awards that people weren't aware of. Yeah, he was in the Army for uh, a number of years and uh, did his duty, but then he came home and married his sweetheart, Sherry. Um, he used to uh, build pools for backyards. Oh, okay. he used to build ambulances. He did that for a while. All right, and then uh, I'll tell you this much. 
and uh, I'm going to include this in my little speech. He he was a uh, no matter you know how you poke and prod with your family when yeah. you have family time. Sure. He was very much a pump the brakes on that kind of stuff. You know, give give someone the benefit of the doubt, give someone that opportunity. You know, like sometimes we poke and prod at our kids, kind of being absent minded. He would be the first to remind us that they are kids and, you know, give them a chance. He was mm-hmm. an advocate of his own grandkids. You know, I, I like that about him. And he um, he taught me some things on how to be a grandparent when my day comes along. He, he went to everything, Chuck. He went to the school plays. He went to school sports. Uh, he pulled it together and made it to the wedding a week before he died. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't want to be there physically, but he knew that that was a big deal to his granddaughter, and he and he pulled it together. Absolutely. So, well, he, he, yeah, physically it was probably took a toll, but I'm sure he wanted to be there. He did. He yeah. he loved it. He said it was beautiful. Uh, he's one of five brothers. They're all passed now. Uh, Chuck's family and my Sigsby side of the family do have connections. They ran together a little bit when they were younger. And uh, God help heaven right now. <laughs> so, so, there's, so there's a freebie Sigsby. You know, there's a freebie Sigsby sit down happening probably right now. And and God is sitting down saying, I know what you did on earth, and I'm not putting up with that yeah. up here. <laughs> and God's going, guys. Guys, I don't have an answer to why Notre Dame can't win against an SEC team. We're not going to have that answer up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll have a we'll have a uh, memorial service next Tuesday, and uh, our good friend Father Andy was non hesitant to uh, sign up because uh, uh, Andy knew uh, my dad from back in the day. We used to run around together quite a bit. So, so there's that. And uh, it's a roller coaster. You have a wedding, the highest of highs. Then you have a death in the family, and you you know you just want to curl up in the fetal position and be left alone for about a week. Well, this explains to the maniacs too why we weren't with you on Wednesday. Yeah, it's not just because we didn't think the All Star Game was worth talking about, even though it wasn't. And apparently, the television viewers agreed because it had the lowest ratings of any All Star game in a long, long time. It's the first one I've actually watched in a long, long time, which I well, thought was interesting. Apparently, you were alone because let me uh, let me pull out the article here. And uh, five point rating on Fox. It's down from last year's record low rating of five point two. In fact, um, it barely outdrew the Home Run Derby. <laughs> Interesting week, though, for baseball. Home Run Derby Monday, All-Star Game Tuesday, ESPYs Wednesday. Did they they play last night? No. And the ESPYs, and see, I think this is a mistake by Major League Baseball, in that the Home Run Derby gave them some tremendous momentum going into the All-Star Game. Mm -hmm. The All-Star Game was what it was, although I liked having, for that game, I don't want it done during the regular season necessarily, but for that game, I liked having the players mic'd up where Agreed. they could talk to the announcers and I you agree. could hear interactions on the field and things like that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was a fun evening. Right. Um, and then you have nothing for two days. Yeah. And it's just like, well, all the momentum that you got. And once again, and we talked about this earlier in the week, here's the NBA and it it comes in with that big trade yesterday. It just steals the spotlight, 
And now here we are at Friday, and what did we start talking about? We started talking about basketball at the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the middle of summer, we're still talking about the NBA because yep. it's more compelling than anything going on in Major League Baseball. Yeah. My son-in-law walked into the house, grabbed the remote, found the summer league game, and was glued to the set. Oh, speaking of the summer league game, mm-hmm. did you see our boy Grayson Allen being a punk last night I from did, Memphis? I did not. So he got tossed from a summer league game because he got flagrant fouls called against him. He's trying to go against a – he's playing for Memphis, and they're playing Boston. And for those who don't know who you're talking about – Grayson Allen played at Duke, had a very controversial collegiate career. Okay. Uh, in his freshman year at Duke, basically helped them win a national championship. I mean, was was the tournament's most outstanding player, and everybody thought, oh, Grayson Allen is could be the next Larry Bird. Okay. okay. He's, he's Caucasian, okay? And so I don't want to put the emphasis of Great White Hope. I don't want to make this a racial thing. But when you have white basketball players – enter the league these days, everybody points to them and says, oh, could he be the next Larry Bird? Mm -hmm. Well, throughout his Duke career, there were a number of tripping and flagrant foul incidents, and eventually Grayson Allen got suspended for a time by Mike Krzyzewski. But most of the time, Krzyzewski was like, oh, he's he's a troubled kid, he's going through a tough time. He was basically an enabler. Of Grayson Allen. So here he's playing in the summer league game last night, and I think it's Gerald Williams from Boston, sets a back screen on, which basically, Corey, is you're you're trying to guard maybe somebody either making a cut or dribbling the ball or something, and somebody stands in your way offensively. Totally legal move. They're they're trying to get you away from that player. Mm Mm-hmm. Grayson Allen takes Gerald Williams, wraps his arms around him, and throws him down. So, foul on Grayson Williams. And the announcers start calling him out on it. They're like, you know, we've seen this act before, and it's tiresome. Did he pretend like he didn't know what they were talking and, about? And he's got that <laughs> he's got that stupid look on his face, yeah. that stupid, oh, why is everybody picking on me look? Very next play. Very next play, they set another screen on him. He gets picked off. And now, when you're getting picked off on a screen, it's not always your fault. Sometimes somebody should be communicating better. That's neither here nor there. Because now, he winds up, Gerald Williams has the basketball down by the basket in front of Grayson Allen. So Grayson Allen is closer to the sideline than he is the basket. And Grayson Allen tries to make it look as though he's going to block the shot. But as he's sweeping his arm to try to block the shot, he's nowhere near the basketball. He is very near, in fact, makes contact with the head of Gerald Williams. Just slaps him upside the back of the head. Flagrant foul. Thanks for playing. You're gone. Uh, And... Lo and behold, the Grizzlies make headlines for the first time and yeah, knows no how long. kidding. But again, we're talking NBA. Yeah. Like you said, your son put on the summer league game because there was no baseball to watch. Now maybe with some baseball to watch, we'll have some things to talk about there.
All right. We're trying to track down Wayne Mesper for an interview. He uh, retweeted me this morning, and we kind of lost contact after he sang at the All-Star game here in town a few weeks back. But uh love to talk to him and, you know. So I I, I want to hear his story of uh, singing at the National Anthem at the World Series with the Cubs. I think he's got a fascinating story of also um, his making the segue from the career in broadcasting to a career noted as a singer and a PA announcer and also a career that was almost brought to a tragic halt uh, as he was shot Yes, in Chicago. Yeah. As, you know, tends to happen. Mm-hmm. By the way, breaking news since we've been here on the Yak. Yes. Uh, text coming in from the family. Uh, this is from my wife. Okay. Just met a police officer who asked Mary if she's Chuck Freebie's kid. Surprisingly, when she fessed up, she only got a warning, 71 on a 60 zone on the highway. He said he thought she looked like Chuck Freebie while he was chatting at the window. Confirmed suspicions when she presented the insurance. ISP based in Bremen. Wonder if he's also a maniac. Should have asked. <laughs> Get his badge number. So thank you, officer. Thank you for only giving a warning to the birthday girl. 71 and a 60. Where, where at? Bremen? Well, on the highway, she said. On the there, highway. She's going down to Fort Wayne today to check out her classroom. Oh, so she's probably on 30. Maybe? That would yeah. be my guess. There's, That's it's, there's a- some. There's some stretches there. You I, have to be very careful. Yes, I learned my lesson when uh, Chloe was at uh, Grace College in Warsaw. There's, there's some spots. Pump the brakes there, Mary Freebie. Slow it down, Mary Freebie. Slow it down there. And that 96 90, Toyota Camry. She On her birthday, <laughs> on her birthday, she bought a car as old as she is. I love that. 23 years old. Was able to pay cash for it. Good, God bless her. You can call the Yak. Questions, comments, where are you listening at? 574-210-7950. Leave a message. You can email us, thesportsyak, with two Ks at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter. If you stop by Instagram, you'll see a video of Chuck dancing to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, Earth, Wind, and Fire knockoff, Torn Wells, but that's okay. you got to admit, it is pretty good. It is a lot of trumpet. I like that. There you go. Until next week, sports fans. Ooga Luga, Heidi Manus. You've been listening to Sports Yak. All sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.